0: Ovechkin storming in. Alexander Ovechkin curling drag to the back end. He scores!
1: Simply sensational!
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pizzas Here Podcast, I'm EA, I'm also joined today by Jake and Joey, we are without Will today, but he might join mid-episode, but today we're back with Season 2, Episode 10, and we're joined by a very special guest, JP, founder and managing editor for Japer's Ring, a Washington Capitals blog and news site within SB Nation, a sports blogging network owned by Vox Media. Thanks so much for joining us today, JP, how's it going?
2: It's going real well, thanks so much for having me on.
0: Yeah, of course, happy to be here. So, what was it like starting Japer's Rink back in 2005, and uh, what was the experience like of building up your brand from from the ground up?
2: Oh wow, Um, so back when you guys were in kindergarten, I assume, uh, I started uh, the blog when I was actually uh, studying for the Maryland State Bar Exam. It was just after I had graduated uh, law school And I wanted to not study for the bar exam, so I started writing about the Caps, and it was actually during the lockout uh, when I started writing, and um, there wasn't that much to write about, but uh, you know, writing about the labor issues, and then when the Caps did come back finally, and uh, they had Alex Ovechkin, exciting rookie, and the team uh, was. Rebuilding and heading back in the right direction and uh, luckily in this town for someone in new media um, You know Ted Leonsis and the team were very receptive uh, and embracing of um, What we were doing uh, as new media, you know us guys like Eric McElhain with off-wing opinion on frozen blog back in the day Um, Obviously they needed us and we needed them so it worked and it really helped grow uh that that brand i guess um and then along a little later came uh sb nation and we hooked up with them and just been riding it ever since
1: hell yeah hell yeah um, what are what are a few of your favorite memories so far during your time in the hockey writing business
2: um, well, I mean, aside from the obvious on ice stuff, uh, with, with the team winning the cup and everything, uh, you know, it's just been cool to get some opportunities to, uh, be in the locker room, to talk to Alex Ovechkin, to talk to, uh, guys in the press box. Uh, some of my favorite memories, uh, really have been, uh, hanging out with guys like Mike, Mike Vogel and, uh, some of the other media members I've gotten the chance to get to know, Alan May, and, uh, you know, it, it really, it, it's its the friends we made along the way, right? <laughs> it, 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 but, I mean, in all honesty, it kind of is, you know, there's a lot of uh, people I've met through it that uh, I probably wouldn't have otherwise, and uh, it's been a real kick uh, getting to know those people and getting to know... Uh, the game from a from a perspective you know i'm not a journalist i never claim to be one i'm not trained as one uh wouldn't want to be one frankly but uh having some you know pseudo journalistic access at times uh has been pretty cool and uh you know thank the team for that and thank the the organization but it's also been a lot of hard work and i've had a good fortune to have a lot of uh good writers and hard workers uh that have joined up with me on the site and elsewhere and uh it's just been a really kind of supportive and uh growing growing environment
3: definitely yeah that's pretty sick uh, that's really cool so what's um your favorite part of being the manager editor like day-to-day stuff like what's that like experience like for you and is it like is there a lot of perks to it or is there a lot of like hardships to it like what's that experience like
2: no i mean it sucks like <laughs> <laughs> it, <it's>, uh, <laughs> <That's>, wow man <laughs> Managing I mean managing people sucks like um, You know, I guess some people are cut out for it uh, in my real job. I, I Stay away from it as far as possible. Uh, I try to uh, Stay away from it in every aspect of my life if I can I'm, I'm a kind of person who just likes to do my own work and be responsible for that and not have to worry about other people's crap but like I guess as managing editor, you know, there are mornings where it's like hey we don't have anybody signed up to recap tonight what the fuck you know uh, I'm sorry I don't know if you guys cursed or not but plenty of, plenty yeah. of that <laughs> so uh, yeah I mean we have uh, great hard working writers on uh, on staff but there, it's still you know a day to day kind of okay we need to push out some content we need to write about stuff you know trying to motivate people you know to, to write and and stuff can be a little taxing but um you know we don't push stuff out just to push stuff out so we're not gonna you know caption throw a caption before and after some uh players wife's instagram post and call it a post or something like that right. but uh yeah. you know we're, we're more interested in probably taking a analytical look at what's going on or or something of that nature so um It it, it's it's fine. It's it is what it is. Um, It's it's not glamorous. You would think that I I would just it would be just like nice. You'd think it would be like all like just you know girls and fans and uh, just uh, just be amazing to to be a managing editor of a mid level uh, fan blog. But no, it's
3: not. What do you mean? It's It's always glamorous. Oh, man, yeah. I could definitely see how it's, like, tough because, like you said, you know, a lot of people there, – there's obviously, like, the upper echelon of, like, the writers and stuff, like, the people that are for, like, the – not saying, like – this isn't, like, an insult, but obviously like, the people who are, like, given, like, you know, money to do this for, like, their living. Like, you know, the people for – um sure. The different newspapers, I can't I can't even think of the names. The Washington Post, um, New York Times, all that stuff. But obviously you guys, you know, you're doing this out of your own like, you know, intuition and whatever like you can think of. It's not like you've got the backing that you have, but the fact that you still put out like a product like that is, is impressive to say the least, because it's like, you know, most of you have other jobs. So you this isn't like your primary source of income, so you're really just working with off the backs of your own labor, of course, which is really impressive.
2: Right. I mean it's it's a hobby for all of us. It's it's uh, something we do not for money or not for access. Although you know we've had uh, a writer who left our blog and works for a team in media relations now. You know we, we have we have writers who are have started other things who've gone to Sports Illustrated, gone to ESPN, gone places, and it's great to be able to provide younger uh, writers. With aspirations, uh, with a platform, and with access that they might not uh, be able to get anywhere else, because you know mm-hmm. it, it's certainly not going to be my career, and my, I've got my career, but like uh, it, you know, for for some younger writers, uh, aspiring writers, you know, we do have some vi- good visibility, and we do have some good access, and uh, you know, giving them a chance uh, to be seen. Uh, I think it works for for everyone. I know that, you know, some people might disagree uh, with the whole premise of uh, something like that, but, um, you know, in general, we've found uh, success with it.
0: Hey, I mean, you give me 20, 28,000 followers on Twitter and I'll write whatever you want.
2: <laughs> well, come on. We, you know, we'll, we'll, let's talk afterwards.
0: Bet. <laughs> I'm, I'll do it. <laughs> so, uh, sure. So the Cavs gave us, you know, like they always do, a good amount to talk about this past week. I just wanted, I, I tweeted this yesterday, but it was nice, you know, seeing the the tables turn. This time, it was us being saved by the post twice in a shootout to get a win, just like Chicago got against us a couple weeks ago. So that was nice to see. But on Monday, we beat the Ducks in a shootout 4-3. to On Friday, we lost to our rival Penguins 4-2. to And then Saturday, we won 3-2. In a shootout against the Sabers, saved by the post on separate occasions in that shootout. So, I guess uh, we can ask JP first. Uh, was there anything else? I mean, was there anything that stuck out really ex- interesting or just you know mind-blowing in those stretch of games that you wanted to talk about? You know,
2: they're just they're plugging along, right? And they're uh, the whole season so far has been an exercise in. Uh, getting by and getting through um, with some major, major injuries. Uh, you know, the whole second line for most of the uh, season so far has been gone. Oshie, Backstrom, Mantha, uh, just gone, gone. Um, yeah. that, you know, and uh, they've managed not just to tread water, but to, to succeed. It's really been uh, pretty incredible uh, that they are where they are in the standings, uh, despite uh, those injuries. So, you know, you you look at those injuries and you would have said, okay, they just got to keep it close. They got to, you know, stay in decent position. Um, and they've done a lot more than that. And uh, huge credit uh, to the top line. Uh, huge credit to the goalies. Uh, huge credit to Pierre Laviolette, really, uh, for what he's done. I mean, to me, what he's done so far is, Worthy of some discussion, you know, early of course, but uh, worthy of some discussion for like coach of the year consideration Definitely. because it's not, um, you know, it, Alex Ovechkin gets all the credit uh, uh, for good reason, but uh, he's been put in positions to succeed and he's succeeding. And uh, what LaViolette has done with this team uh, defensively it has has really uh, been impressive to me. Uh, they they're really one of the top defensive teams uh, in the league overall um, on a nightly basis in terms of you know what they're allowing, what they're giving other teams, uh, and you know if, if they can keep it going once they get healthy, then uh, sky's the limit really for for this team.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Someone someone Xavier had asked us and. In... Our questions on our post today just like what our thoughts were on how impressive the caps have been so far you know considering that we're doing it with half of our actual roster you know at times you know different people being out each night but us somehow still managing to put up points every night and play sound defense majority of the time it's it's impressive and i mean we've been saying this all year because that's how it's been all year you know we, we're without backstrom our you know the Robin to Batman for Ovechkin. And then we're without Oshie on times. We're without Hathaway and Dowd right now who are, you know, crucial on our fourth line. And just, you know, a variety of people have been out. Now Tom Wilson's out, you know, we're going to talk about that more later, but it's impressive how, how well the Cavs have been doing, you know, considering we're first in arguably the toughest division in, in the NHL right now it without, is. without it. it yeah. I no, Yeah. I agree. It it's is. the Metro is the hardest division in the NHL and, as of right now, the Caps are still in first place with half of an AHL lineup, so it's
3: impressive. I wouldn't even consider it like any other division. The only division I think you can maybe make the case for is probably the Central, just because of how many teams have... Like, you see Chicago starting to play better. You have, obviously, uh, the Blues, Avs, Wild. I can't think of all the teams on top of my head. Um, but, yeah, I think it's interesting to me that he said we're one of the best defensive teams. That's the one thing that's actually been the one consistency, this, barring the fact that TVR has been put on COVID. Our defense has remained pretty healthy, which is nice because last year I remember whatever. Just um, I remember that um, we had all those issues. You know, we didn't know where Char was going to be into it. Like Dylan was having issues. Then all of a sudden, like Carlson got hurt at the end of the year. And, like, this year it's like, well, you know, TBR had COVID and that, you know, sucks. But, like, he's not, like, gone forever. He'll be back soon. He'll be good. Um, and when he was in the lineup, he played really well. I don't think there's – I don't really think there's any defenseman right now of the starting six from opening night, I would say, doesn't deserve their spot. I mean, Schultz – I I don't know. But, I mean, at least he's not, like, terrible. I mean, he's actually – Like, on occasion he's
0: he's iffy at times, but – but again it's like he hasn't like stood out like enough like just to the naked eye like say for someone like brendan Dillon, i mean i I like i think we've all agreed and come to the conclusion now that he definitely got a little more flack than he deserved but you know at the same time there's a reason that we got rid of him and there's a reason that people had mixed opinions on the guy but we haven't had a defender this year that's like stood out like very extremely in the wrong so that, that's definitely something really nice that we have right now is no one's exceptionally bad. That's
3: you like, know, Carlson, like Carlson, Carlson, has, at least, <laughs> Carlson yeah. has at
0: least one moment each game where it's like, yeah. I want this guy sent to the Bears, but... <clears throat> You know, it's like he's John Carlson, so he makes up for it at some point. But That's the thing is, like, offensively, we game. pay
3: him enough for. It. But as long as the offensive output's really good, I as long as he's not like throwing the puck right to them in front of the net, I cannot. I cannot he, did <laughs> he did do that last. He did that last night, so it's a problem. He it but... the Sabres,
0: he just fanned on a pass right in front of our net, but it's somehow God, 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 none like, of them are good.
3: <laughs> Thank <laughs> God um, the Sabres are bad.
1: Yeah. Hey, I Sabers, mean, if they're Sabers bad, then Sabers. we're
0: not very great because we took them to the shootout. So. Took them to the shootout. So. Man, America's hold, um, team, the Buffalo Sabres. You know? America's team. We got to say that at least once an episode. America's oh, yeah. team, yeah. Buffalo yeah. Sabres our, team.
1: Our Buffalo Sabres.
0: <laughs> um, Move over yeah, Dallas
1: Cowboys yeah. and the Patriots. The, the Buffalo wow. Sabres are America's the Sabres. team now. Um, but uh, like if we're winning two out of the three games, we're going to play a week, I think that's going to be a, you know, I think that's okay. I mean, Yeah, we don't have to guy. win the Metro. We just got to no. make
0: the playoffs right now. That's our playoffs.
1: objective. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I know it's a little oh, early,
3: but like, who would you want to play in the playoffs as of right now?
0: Oh God, that's a whole. I don't want to play, play the Hurricanes. Yeah. Uh, the first, hurricanes. We're
3: talking first round, so we're thinking around the wild card to like the bottom, like bottom six would, of the
1: Metro. Would like, it would be?
3: You have uh, the Rangers are probably in the mix for that. I don't want to play the Rangers. I don't either. want to play that. I don't well, They would beat us. I would say the Penguins, the Red Wings, the Bruins, they're all in, mix. in the mix. The Devils, yeah.
0: The Red Wings are, are
3: those are like the four teams. The Red Wings think, are kind of
0: they're they're fifth right now in the Atlantic behind the Bruins, Lightning, Panthers, and those Leafs, are the four. I'm kind of I'm kind of on the on the board. What? They're going to be in that race. It's the Devils. Panthers, I don't want to play Panthers. the Leafs or the Panthers or the Lightning or the Bruins. I'd rather just like go straight to the to the Cup final and. Play like the Senators or something. Go back to <laughs> last year. <laughs>
1: Dude. Yeah, we finally got our first win in not you know regulation. In
0: yeah, outside of regulation. So outside of regulation,
1: um, all season two this yeah, week. so that's, that's that wasn't great, on my bingo card. I, it's funny. I couldn't actually. I didn't have a chance to watch any of the games this week. I only had to watch highlights because I had some finals stuff and school stuff. I was preparing for. But um, I'm glad you know. Glad we. <laughs> If we didn't lose to the Sabers in overtime, because that would have sucked. My friend would have clowned you. Oh, my friend would have clowned me, but I clowned him. So funny. Just off. The, I don't mean to sidetrack. I'm not trying to sidetrack. It just was, it, it relates to this. Um, first, first, uh, Caps game I went to was a Cap Sabers game, and they went to they went to a shootout. But before that, Sam Reinhardt hit um hit the post on an open net to send it to make sure you know, he didn't score and went overtime. Sam so Hart, It just guy. goes full circle.
0: Sam yeah. Reinhart, the guy who was picked over. Hey, Leon you want to know what's full yeah. circle?
3: You want to know what's really full <laughs> circle? Does anybody remember the last game before the pandemic was yeah. in Buffalo? Mm-hmm. It was a shootout. Pandemic's over, baby. We won. It's yeah, over. No I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say <laughs> the pandemic is over. But no, it's not over. I don't know about that.
1: Right. <laughs> I, would like to, you know, I still always... have to wear a masterclass. But... Yeah. Yeah. I would always like to beat the Penguins, but we'll see him we'll see him again i'm not worried
3: about I, I would much like to ask uh what uh it's j it's japers right japers rank i didn't catch it when you asked uh well, what you, is jp jp um what did you think about the penguins game of because it was not good from what i remember it was obviously the Favari hit should have been a five minute major oh there was the um multiple different chances where like the like the Tom Wilson, when he crashed in that against Jari, it looked like someone literally hooked him down and threw him into Jari. Like, what did you think of all these, like, really bad calls in that game? Yeah,
2: I mean, sometimes the calls just don't go your way. I I thought it was ridiculous that uh, they didn't call uh, McGinn for that hit on uh, Farivari in real time. I thought it was ridiculous that the league didn't uh, review it. They obviously... Uh, don't believe that there was contact with the head or it, it was not avoidable contact with the head or some shit like that it it I mean it's kind of uh, mind-boggling to me that uh, they missed that one but it happens and you know uh, all you can do is put yourself in a position um, to to not let bad calls uh, decide your games you know um, just play your game you you take it out of the ref's hands if you can because, uh, I mean, it's the same thing I tell my daughter when she's playing soccer and she's complaining about refs. It's like you know, if you let if you let a game come down to officiating, you, you get what you get. You know, you don't know what the hell is going to happen. So uh, yeah, I mean to me, those look like uh, certainly the hit on Farivari looked clearly bad but um you know they i guess they saw it differently and uh you know ultimately uh, it's a game that just didn't go their way uh the caps smoked uh pittsburgh last time they played this time different result. um you know anytime those two teams play it, it can go any number of ways you know so um this one didn't didn't go the caps way but i'm not despondent over it you know i don't get too worked up uh highs or lows on any regular season games you know there uh anything can happen in any game so uh good that they bounced back next night and got two points against buffalo those were no i mean i know it's buffalo and i know they're crap and uh, i mean i know they're america's team but whatever uh but they uh yes sir. I, <laughs> I, I know that uh but but you you know, there are no real pushovers in this league uh, on a nightly basis. You can find yourself in a, in a tough game with anybody. And to come back and dig deep and get two points out of that, uh, that's, a, that's a good win. You know, uh, might not have been the prettiest thing, you know, when you look at the standings and everything. But uh, a win is a win. And winning on the back mat, back of a back-to-back on the road with your backup goalie, with the injuries that they have, without Tom Wilson, without the whole, you know, without Backstrom, Mantha, uh, TVR. That's, uh, I'll take that, sure. I mean, these 100%. two points, two, yeah, two points in mid December are the same as two points in the first week in April when you're fighting for playoff positions. So, you know, you bank these now and uh, bank yourself later, you know.
3: Yeah, Definitely. You, you make a good point because what, like, this isn't like NCAA, like, we're not like Alabama trying to smoke some, like, Divisions okay. 3 school to pad our record. This is like, if you get a win in the NHL, that's a win. It doesn't matter. And that's what, like, people are going to say, oh, it's sustainable. Oh, is this sustainable? That's probably going to be the thing that they start talking about considering all of our injuries and stuff, which is fair, but they also have to realize we're getting healthier as time goes on, you know. Obviously, Oshie's just come back. Dowd and Hathaway are going to come back soon because of their COVID protocol stuff. You have um, Wilson, who I don't think it's anything serious because they haven't really said what the hell happened at all. They really never really talked about it. And then obviously Backstrom should be back soon. And then um, Favari literally took a headshot and said, I'm built different and played the next day and scored a goal.
2: Yeah, good goal. That was a really good goal. It was a snipe. That
0: it was, was awesome. It was, like, <laughs> it, was like, it was like a couple of the goals that Orlov had last year, just like on that left side. Comes right to his left hand, just like cross ice, opposite side, just bang. It was it was nice. Definitely like seeing that from him. Absolutely. So, so that kind of brings us into our, our next little thing. And uh, JP, you can start us off with this, so you can have first picks, so no one takes years like I do to Jake every single week somehow. But uh, who's uh who's one player on the Caps this week that impressed you, and then one who did not impress you, and you know thanks to you need you think they need to get something together or they did a certain thing that you didn't like?
2: Oh, wow. Um, Ooh, I have to think back, uh, kind of hard. Um, in full disclosure, I didn't watch the Pittsburgh game because I'm like an old, uh, Gen oh. Xer who has like cable and hasn't cut the cord and doesn't have all the Hulu and ESPN plus subscription. So I missed that one. Uh, but, um, you know, let's, so it was what the Anaheim game, um, Anaheim, Pittsburgh,
0: Pittsburgh and Buffalo.
2: Hmm. Um, you know, I, I would say, I, I, I'll, I'll stick with Ovechkin. I mean, you can never go wrong. He, he impressed me. He impresses me every time out. He impresses me with the multiple, Point games, he impresses me. Being up there with Drysido and McDavid, he impresses me that the greatest goal scorer in the history of the game has just decided this year apparently to become a phenomenal playmaker.
0: Zero and, uh, goals this week, but five assists. <laughs>
2: right. I mean, it's crazy. right. It's uh, it's it's crazy. And his uh, his move in the shootout against Anaheim, that backhand, uh, that was sick. And so uh, I'll say he impressed me, um, didn't impress me. Um, I mean, maybe it's a bad beat, but I'll give it to Samsonov, who had been so good and then uh, maybe and stumbled a little bit this week. Um, you know, comes back to earth a little bit to be expected. Uh, he, I think he's settling into uh, the role in general uh, that we all – Sort of envisioned for him as the number one guy finally um so i'm not down on him overall but it wasn't the best week and he's had since the west coast trip he's had a couple three goal against games granted the team has totally left him out to dry a few times uh in there but uh you know i i'd like to see them lock it down a little more and that starts from the the goal on out so i'll go samson out there
3: that's fair do you mind if i go next yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> uh, for my one uh, player that's playing really well, I'm going to go with the guy who straight-up told concussions, I'm built different, Martin Fevari. Hey, you're on, um, bitch. <laughs> how does it feel? How does it How does it feel?
1: No, but it's seriously. fine. I got a backup. and nah, it's probably can so I mean, like like, like I I, I love.
3: <laughs> I think the Calder race is always so weird because people like look at the high school. is right not winning the Calder. He's not winning the Calder, <laughs> Sorry, but dude. I genuinely think like he is one of the best rookies this year by far. Just how fundamentally sound he is. The role of a defenseman like him is to obviously be more of like a facilitator to get things out of the defensive zone, but he does a lot more stuff. So like obviously penalty killing, he's incredible. Um. He I, I, I'm not gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I kinda hope at some point this season they say, let's give him some power play minutes. Let's see how he does working the second unit because I haven't really been impressed with Schultz. And <laughs> it's like Schultz runs the second unit and he's like the second the whole power play is kinda god awful right now. But um yeah, I just I have to give it to Martin Febrari. And then if I had to pick my player that was playing like bad playing bad, it's not gonna be high this week. Um it's probably yeah. going to be um Probably just ugh, shit, I don't know. I don't want to pick Carlson. Nah, you know Carlson. Uh, he he really just kind of like sometimes just like like you said, there are days where he's like on another freaking plane of existence, and then there are days he scored he's against like, Anaheim. He did, and it was an impressive goal. But like he also almost gave the Buffalo Sabers a win by passing the puck in front of the net, and also was playing like dog water against the penguins which I'll be honest not a lot of people played well against the penguins they kind of sleptwalked the first two periods but most of them got their shit together he just always seemed like the guy like what was it the, the when we were uh attacking extra strength, extra player at the end of the game to try to tie the game like he the puck got past him and like obviously Ovechkin got back there and tried his best but like Ovechkin can't be the guy that gets back there and stop that it has to be Carlson at that point so I guess Carlson I think I think Jay, uh, JP was like yeah, Samsonov coming down to Earth like kinda sucked and I do wanna say that the captain and goal for the Penguins game, I don't know why he didn't stop that. That was a weak goal, but I think Samsonov still played really well. He kept us in the game. He made that like ridiculous save against the Penguins. Like where he was like going east to west and somehow flexed his glove out, so I just want to defend my boy Samsonov. All right, who's next?
0: I am so all right, uh You guys aren't gonna like who I have to say for for my pick for bad, but all right. So, the person that impressed me this week Daniel Sprong. Um, he scored in both shootouts if I'm not mistaken. So, I really like that and I can't remember if it was Joe B or or Locker who said it, but you know, obviously he's been scratched on a few occasions this year and uh, the fact and like they had said that just the fact that uh one that he scored it was this was in the first the first shootout against Anaheim. And uh, they were like, it's definitely got to be a big confidence booster for him. Just the fact that, one, Peter LaViolette picked him to go in the shootout. And, two, that he scored now on both occasions. So, also shout out to TJ Oshie for the winner. He's not my pick. But Daniel Str- Daniel Sprong, good shit in the shootouts. But uh, my player that I am not impressed with this week is uh, Alexia Protis. Get out. He didn't have a single shot in any of our three games this, this week. You're, you know, I mean, he obviously isn't on the first line this week, but you know, the fact that he's at, he's having experience. Huh? He
2: was against Buffalo with Wilson. Was he on the first line against Buffalo? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you're proving my point. Thank you. So I'm looking at the stats, you know, right now, he didn't have a single shot in any of our three games this week. I know he can shoot the puck. He's scored a few times this year. So I want you to be shooting the puck, Protis. So uh, I'll bet you start doing that. Go ahead, Jay. He
3: Jake. Her the rookie. He officially kicked off the podcast.
0: I that that one Connor McMichael play where he almost scored. I can't remember which game it was this week. Oh, no, that was he unreal. like he
3: did the little three sixty spin. That, no, no. Like, the Ovechkin goal from overtime last night. Holy, almost. The, yeah, he yeah. almost. That he almost was dude. If that if yeah, he like, scored that goal, I, was I was would have always. been like, fuck the McDavid goals. It's Ovechkin it. <laughs> like Ovechkin's better.
1: <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, for the player I like this week, I'm gonna say Eller. I like, Eller I scored two goals in two games, so, like, I feel like we kind of dogged on Eller a couple episodes ago, kind of him not being, you know, who we think that he was usually me. is. And, yeah, it was you. No, I think we all did it. Didn't we, we have, like, a whole thing no, about, I just, like, it? It was Joey out. and Travis I saying that he should a be training. Or dropped. And, um, But, yeah, I think Eller's been, you know, this week kind of building himself back up. I like that. One thing, though. He finally scored a goal. Carl Haglund finally scored a goal this oh week. My god. Shout out, Carl Haglin! Oh he my god, that's right. It. How can we forget? He like, <laughs> like, nah, because that's one goal. Video. I'm not impressed,
0: bro. It's Carl Haglin. That's like bro. One that's one goal, goal in like goal. 27
1: games. Big whoop. One goal was 10, in my opinion, for him. Anyway, that's just worth of that. But my realistic answer is Eller, um, someone who didn't play well. Are you just looking at the rosters. Latest... <laughs> no, no, no. I had stats pulled up for the last couple of games. What a really casual. casual Cavs fan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't watch. Tell me any you didn't game. watch any of the hands. games this week. <laughs> I had. Hey, man. Finals you got suck.
3: Finals. It's a grind, bro. Come on.
1: Finals suck. So do I. <laughs> but I, I had them this past. Make a pick. Game. Make a pick. Yes. Let's Shit. go. You know what? I'm gonna just say Haglin because he did score one goal.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's your that's you're not impressed with?
1: Yeah, it's always Haglin. Because oh, it's, it's only one goal, you yeah, want he three. needs to he score a hat three.
3: trick and also yeah. an overtime goal, and then we'll start talking good about him.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. So, Haglin um, slander always. Haglin slander is always is always welcomed on the pizzas here podcast. If you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh we God. love him on the penalty kill though. But yeah, uh, penalty kill is fun. Okay. So. <laughs> So like we, we mentioned a little earlier, you know, we've had a lot of missing pieces right now. Uh, Both Hathaway, Dowd and TVR are all in COVID protocol right now. And uh, Wilson, like we said, is out right now with an upper body injury. We don't think it's too serious, but you know, if he's missing time for it, then it must be something. And then obviously Mantha's out for the near future. And uh, Nicholas Backstrom is still not back yet, but uh you know that sucks but we also wanted to go through this and uh ask you what which substitute players you think have you know made the most like positive impact or have helped fit that you know missing role the best so obviously we've had a couple people like protus and cheloski that have been here for a little bit longer but you know the more recent guys erwin scarbosa malenstein and leeson have all been you know more recent substitutes and on like a emergency basis but uh have, have any of them stood out to you, you know, either positively or negatively?
2: Yeah, I mean, not as much as as you might think. I, I, I like Brett Leeson early on, but he's kind of faded uh, a little bit. Um, Cholowski and Irwin don't do anything for me, to be completely honest. And, uh, it, you know, um, so the, Malenstein, Scarbosa – those type guys strike me as you know career ahl type guys who can fill in in a pinch on your fourth line or something like that they don't really um excite me too much uh protus i did like uh i, I like a lot of what he's done i like his big body uh, out there um so i'm I, I think he he's really impressed me and uh Connor McMichael, I think, has been been very good, um, but yeah, it it's it's interesting because you you look at what they've done and uh, with all the guys that have been out and everything, and then you you say, okay, well, who's really like stepped up in their absence? And uh, to be honest, it, it's mostly Ovechkin and Kuznetsov and Tom Wilson who have up their game even more and picked up that slack. It hasn't necessarily been, uh, you know, Axel Fialbi or whatever, or, or any of those guys. He should still be you know, up. I mean, he's, yeah, if you wanted to take him and, uh, throw Carl Haglund in the Potomac river with his $2 million salary or whatever, I'd
1: be okay with that.
2: I don't think that Haglin does much that Fialbi can't do right now. So, uh,
0: but yeah, I mean, we're very happy uh, that you're on the show today.
2: <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it's a, a team, uh, you know, the the team has stepped up and uh, in, on an individual level, I haven't been blown away by any of those, uh, those guys, uh, to be honest. Um, but, you know, uh it's admirable that they what that they've done, what they've done, and that the team has stayed afloat. I mean, that's not nothing. Even if you know yeah. individually, they're not standing out to me.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like you know, obviously these guys, like you said, you know, they're some of them are career AHL players, and some of them are you know still fringe NHL players and still young in their careers. But the fact, like you know, something you have to think about, it's like they may not come in and you know be some superstar, but the fact that they've like come into someone else's who's a regular established NHL player's role and been able to hold their own. And, you know, like you said, keep us afloat, you know, a team's as good as their worst player. That's why the Oilers haven't won shit in years. But, you know, like the fact that they've come into the lineup and, you know, held various positions on various lines, like we've had Carl Hagelin on the second line because our bottom two lines have been like filled with AHL guys. And it's like the fact that they've been put into different scenarios with different, line mates you know each and every night and we haven't like drastically like you know decreased in the quality of our plays you know it's it's a very good problem to have and like the fact that it's it's a it's a nice like warming feeling knowing that like you know we know it's bound to happen as capitals fans we're gonna have injuries it's inevitable but it's like it's warming knowing that we have guys that can get in the mix and be thrown into the dogfight and still somehow, like you said, keep us afloat. So it's, it's really yeah, nice.
2: And I think that, um, you know, that's sort of the silver lining of the injuries. Of course, is that you see the depth that you have. And, uh, to me personally, the Caps' depth has, uh, impressed me more than I, than what I thought they had before the season started. Uh, I, if you had told me before the season started the number of man games they would have had lost to uh, You know the second line to Dowd and half away to even tbr now uh, I would have said well, they're fucked, you know, but um, you know the that the guys have been able to to step in and and show not just For for caps management, but they've also shown around the league, you know when when it comes down to the trade deadline uh you know i'm not saying that they move protus or leeson but you know those guys there's actual nhl tape on what those guys can do at this level now and it's not embarrassing and uh so you know to me they're, they're chips uh right now maybe they're caps down the road that's great maybe they're um uh, you you push a couple of those chips into the pot come uh, trade deadline time and see what you can do there but um you know getting to see those guys getting to see that depth uh and getting to see that the caps have more depth than i think a lot of people thought uh has has been the silver lining to the to the whole injury
0: rash Yeah, 100%. So this brings us um, to, uh, to a very fun part of our, our episode. Did uh, not get to say our favorite, our, our favorite player, too? I wanted to say one. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I also yeah. do really like Malenstein lately. I think he's, he's produced a nice amount of chances. And, uh, you know, obviously he's not, like, scoring a hell of a I, lot. But I
3: have a player. Yeah he, he
0: has been good, Sorry. I think. Sorry.
3: I have a player. No, it's not really, like, replacement. He's not a person. He's been here for a long time. But he's played really well. And that is Garnet Hathaway. Like I remember. Yeah, well, uh we said that last week. I don't care. Um He's been really good and I've been really happy with how well he's played. Uh, he just genuinely brings a lot of energy and excitement to this team that like really just I think mean, people don't realize how valuable he is and how good his contract is. It's really good. It's a good contract. It's not bad. Um, yeah,
0: not yet. Yeah. Hathaway's a
1: very important part to our piece. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I love how our Hathaway's playing.
3: He also is like third on our team in goals right now, so that's
1: fun. Yeah. Um. Out of the like players we have, like this is in the script right here, Valenstein lately, I think, but in general, I think I liked Weezed the best just because I feel like he's produced more than those four. Scarbosa hasn't done much. Um, Did you guys see Scarbosa's face? Yeah. What, yeah. Ha- what
0: happened? Did I miss something? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, where he like got his it. entire like underside of his like like left side of his jaw was like like he had stitches. He must have got hit by a puck mm-hmm. or something.
1: But yeah, Wiesen to the beginning and early on, I really I, I thought he was you know skating around really well and kind of producing for us. I think he had I mean four points isn't much, but yeah two goals and two assists. I'm pretty sure that's you know for someone who's not going to be in the lineup a lot, that's pretty decent for someone we're going to be substituting in. That's that's my answer. I don't have much. To yeah. like that. So this brings us to a fun
0: part of our episode. Uh, it's Jake's turn this week. Uh, so whenever you're ready,
1: Jake. Gotcha. This, this ho, episode is sponsored by Manscaped. Yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. go ahead, Jake. Ho, 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 gentlemen. The holidays have come early this year, as Manscaped has the gift that keeps on trimming. Santa's beard isn't so appealing when it's coming out of your trousers, trousers and that's why Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, have you covered this holiday season. Now available in your country. Join the four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to keep their trees trimmed and ornaments polished. Go to manscaped.com and use code PHP for twenty percent off plus free shipping. Again, that's php at manscaped.com for twenty percent off and free shipping.
0: Hell yeah. yeah. Go you use our code nice. and go use our code and uh, buy, you know, whoever I'm not gonna judge whoever in your life uh, some, some below the waist grooming products best in the the country and in the world manscaped.com code PHP 20% off plus free shipping. But, uh, back to the capitals. Um, so who, who'd asked us this, uh, stack eye Blake, right? Yeah. So this is a good question by, by our good, good man's Blake. Um, he asked us not including Kuznetsov or Samsonov also. Oh, wait, wait, let me, let me just like, let me just go back. So, I also want to mention that me picking Protus for this week for my disappointment isn't isn't any, like, slander to him. I, I very much like Protus. He's very much impressed me this year. I just want the best from him, and, you know, I want the absolute best, nothing less, because I know he can do it. So just want to clear that up. Love Protus. But anyways, like Blake asked us, excluding Kuznetsov and Samsonov, who on the caps from last year obviously on the team this year, has improved the most since last year. I'm going first. Nick Jensen, by far. Nick Jensen has improved the most from last year. Everyone, not everyone, a good amount of people didn't like Char being here last year. I personally think he held a role being a big body, being an experienced veteran leader, putting the fear of God into people if they ever come near one of our star players just by being within five feet of them blocking a hell of a lot of shots. He played that role and he played it very well, but he also mentored and molded Nick Jensen into. (laughs) No, he mended Nick Jensen into from, and you know, full disclosure, beginning of last year, I was a Nick Jensen hater. I didn't think the guy was good. Then progressively over last year and progressively this season, he's become one of my favorite players on the team. I think Nick Jensen, overall has been our best defensive player this year, argue with a wall. But um, Sedano Chara molded that man into what I think should be an all-star player and what I think is a Norris candidate, like top 10 right now. I mean, I think Aaron Ekblad should win it. That's my take right now. But Nick Jensen has been exceptional compared to our expectations for him. So Nick Jensen is the most improved from last year in my eyes. JP, you can go next.
2: Uh, I think Jensen's a great call. Um, I, I, I guess I could take uh, Feravari on a technicality because he played six games last year, but I'm I'm going to lay off that. That's I think we I think that violates the spirit of the uh, question, so uh, I'm not going to go with that. Um, but it, you know, it could be Samsonov right now. The the way he's playing, he's. Um, really gotten under control Uh, it's a little early to make any definitive judgments on whether he has uh, righted the ship fully and what he's going to be as a goalie in the NHL but uh, you know his trajectory essentially came into the league uh, two years ago and was very very good uh, for a month two months whatever uh, playing behind Braden Holtby last year He had the ATV accident, the COVID, the just random dipshittery that was like keeping him out of the lineup and making him uh, miss his opportunities. Guy's been handed everything and has very little to show for it in his NHL career so far. Um, But I think that you know, hopefully, he's you know right on the right path now and straightening things out and heading in the right direction. So I really like where um, where he seems to be relative to where he was uh, at this point uh, a season ago. So uh, I'll go with Sam Sonoff. Uh, it's, uh, it's, I'm more much more confident in the Caps' goaltending situation uh, today than I was when the season started, uh, in part because I think the defense is much better uh, than I expected it to be. Uh, but also because of uh, Samsonov, I think he's been better than I expected him to be.
0: So the original question said excluding Samsonov, but I really oh, like your explanation. It. I really like okay. your explanation, though. So I'll like, all all right. of it. Yeah, it was, sure. good. It was good. a good, it was a good backup. Joke, really good. so Like I'm cool with it. <laughs> all right. Because I agree right, with right. you. Uh,
2: well, let me pick somebody else easy then. Um, no Kuznetsov I mean, Wilson... because
0: that's the obvious pick. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Wilson keeps, uh, keeps getting better and better uh, as a player um so you know i, I don't think you could go wrong picking wilson um future so, captain yeah i mean he certainly he certainly seems like it uh but i do i mean i, I at the end of the day I, I do think it's nick jensen i think you're right uh i think that, that was
0: uh if you want to uh, give me a it, job you know just so that's know. the <laughs> guy i would
2: have uh that's the guy i would have picked if uh if i was going first and actually i had to go questions. first because i because i had yeah. a feeling
0: someone would have taken it I can't, I can't have it twice but yeah but i'm glad you agree with me on that <laughs> um
3: so, yeah jake and joey you someone... do you guys have
0: shit if you're ready jake you can go jake go i'm not right
1: i do I, I do have one i'm gonna say hathaway <laughs> yeah um, that's a good uh... one <laughs>
0: jake joey you don't even do. have a pick don't act frustrated
1: I
3: literally liked said I liked and then, How's like Taglin. T- how, how does it
1: feel? How does okay,
0: it
1: feel? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to say Hathaway. I feel like he's improved a lot. And obviously that fourth line, the chemistry you guys with add too. I feel like that always helps both of them succeed. But I'm going to go. You know, Hathaway has been flying around. I wouldn't say you know, he's third scoring this, on our team right now.
0: There's no way. Fourth. There's fourth, no way. Fourth.
1: Fourth, but I'm not sure. Let me, let
0: goals me, that? Let me stat check this right now because there's no way he's top three on the team in scoring. He said Joey said he's fourth. All right, so he's OV exactly 40, true. OV 44, Kuznetsov 30, Wilson 24, Carlson 24, Orlov 14, Eller 12, Sherry 11, it's goals. Hathaway eight, goals. my guy. Goals. He said it's points. Goals. It's goals, okay, he's he's fourth in goals. Yeah, I said scoring OV 20, Kuzi 9, Wilson 9, Hathaway 7 and then carlson six and, and he had like so,
2: five of the
1: he had like five of those seven in like a in like game a two game, game. I know, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah he was on fire so like you know he if he can keep it up i'm very happy i you know
0: he's all he's also happy. a very like four four three under he's also a very underappreciated leader on this team like yeah
1: he's very. He, he really like I mean,
0: obviously tom wilson's our guy like the enforcer like don't f around with him or he's going to you know punch you in the in the head but but, hathaway is just as intimidating to guys like no one no one's gonna mess with hathaway and like if you get anywhere near either of our goalies near the crease he's on you like an instant and if you even touch anyone else on the Mm -hmm. ice at the time he's gonna be up in your face within a blink of an eye so right he's definitely a good piece to have
1: i'm saying Hathaway, joey joey go ahead
3: um I looked at the roster and I can't fucking find anybody serious. I thought I think if I had to pick somebody, like Jensen's an obvious pick. I'm gonna pick Orlov in my opinion because Orlov has become our best defender overall, best defensive player overall, like defenseman Defense? overall, defenseman. Like Jensen? overall. Our best overall defenseman. I'll put, I'll put him in second. Offensively, in he's second. incredible. Defensively, he's very sound and works well with Jensen. He's great. He can do pretty much anything we want him to do now. I'm really hoping they one day just be like, let him be the power play guy too because I don't know why we aren't giving him power play minutes anymore. Um, his shot his, is nuts. His shot is nuts. a great
1: shot. His best shot hip is... check in the league. He definitely
3: so. does off-season shooting
0: training with Ovi. He Odie. does. He does.
3: Mean, he does. He's I wish. I, think... I also
0: do really want to mention. I tweeted this the other day, but I really want Victor Olofsson on the on the Capitals. Like, if if you guys watched his shootout goal, Jeez it's insane. like his shot release is just so like majestic and like beautifully flowing. Like I feel no, like, like you like, paired that across it's the like a, It's dangerous. not even like a, snap, like a, like a it's not like, even like, like a snap like a like a quick snap. It's like it's just like a like a sling. It's like a golf swing kind of like it's like it's like, like he's swinging a baseball bat and just like finishes in like the little like follow-through it's, it's it's he's sort of very, like guides it
3: almost. yeah I know it's just mean. very pretty i use him i've used him before in um nhl one franchise mode he develops so well and i think if you put him with it on a power play unit with ovechkin especially if guys like mantle will be out long term i think he's a guy you could go and get Olsen. did you guys
0: also see how rasmus dahlin was like trying to like hone in Connor mcdavid like in those last like few minutes like I'm not going then, to the shootout. <laughs> like And then and then in a overtime like he was he was trying to like take it to like the whole like yeah, every it, like it every five so seconds weird. it was funny. It didn't work, but like he got close a few times. So you know I respect that the effort. But, but yeah,
3: I think um Yeah, I gotta say Dmitry Orlov. I, I I I think what's hilarious is people people always kinda of forget how Orlov was brought onto this team. You know, like he was brought in 2015 and that was the year we lost Mike Green and it was like you know he's been one of the most underrated pieces of that defense that's been kind of a consistent spot And when he got that big deal everybody was like you're giving all that money to a guy who's been on the team for two years you know you just lost in the second round of the Penguins again but now he's like he's worth that contract and probably a bigger one too which is like awesome with how well he's played um he's he's gotten so much better defensively and offensively. He's gotten more confident as years go on. And like, I could definitely see him becoming the power play leader. Once Carlson kind of dips off a little bit as soon as that happens.
0: I do also have to say nothing against Matt Irwin as a player or a person, but I don't like seeing him wear 52. I'm just not ready for that. No, yet.
3: that, that, that's on. Un, that's unholy.
0: Like, I'm not saying to retire the number, but like, it's just still a little too soon It's not the me, last right? time someone I, wore 52, he was, was an there. offensive
3: mastermind and defensively good, and then we just got madder when we're in that shit. Like, it's just like, okay, well, that's an incredible downgrade.
2: <laughs> well, when they came out of, right out of the lockout, uh, when Jeff Friesen uh, signed as a free agent, he wore 12, uh, which was in phenomenally bad taste. So, uh, I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, you're not going to retire the numbers or they're free for all, but uh, you know, maybe somebody should have given him a heads up and been like, Hey, this number's a little bit uh, like he you know, wore it on the history. ducks,
0: but it's like, you know, still just like, just like pick 53 or something. Like just like do something a little different, right here. but you know, it's whatever. But uh, so, I mean, we've already kind of talked about the goalies a good bit, you know, just how like Sam Sonov's improved so much this year. And obviously, you know, VTech is kind of more the backup now, it's seeming like, even though he was seeming like the starter for a while, a couple weeks ago, but I don't think either of them have been, you know, very bad. So just to go over their stats this week, uh, against the Ducks, Samsonov had three goals allowed with 31 saves, uh, 0.912 save percentage. Sammy against the Penguins, again, had three goals allowed with 29 saves and a 0.906 save percentage. And then yesterday against the Sabers, Vtech had two goals allowed with 29 saves and a .935 save percentage. So those aren't bad numbers. I mean, pretty good. Again, like last night, like 935 is a really good save percentage. You know, last night for Vitek. And then obviously Samsonov let in three both games. But you know, again, it's not always straight on the goalie to let in goals. But you know, I'm not I'm not mad at either of them right now. I'm I'm chilling. I don't think they but
2: were the name, problem of
3: the games, really.
2: No, probably not. But then, I mean, Vanacek, you know, maybe uh, gets uh, unlucky in some spots. But then uh, it's not often that you can get just flat, beat clean three out of three times in a shootout and still win. You know, but that was the, uh, you know, getting those uh, posts, uh, getting, getting those two posts really helped. But, I mean, he got smoked three times in the shootout. And wins, so you know, good clean living, I guess.
3: Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me about shootouts is like, you know, Vitek is definitely a goaltender who probably he's he's never. I don't has Vitek ever played for the the World Junior team for the Czech Republic? Did anybody does anybody know? Because that was a long probably, time uh, ago. Yeah. I know Sam Sonov did. He definitely played yeah, for the team. Sure. He and he he's had experience in this department. He's experienced playing guys who have this talent level to like make moves like that. So it's it's a lot harder when you you've basically had the experience. Also, the fact that Sam Sonov has been an NHL goalie for three years now. Um, on top of that, but it's really going to become how will he? How I usually start to see that as like a problem if they can't stop those one on one situations like in their third or fourth season. Like so, if Vanacek was in like his third or fourth year and was like getting beat clean on almost every single one on one chance. Like yeah, that start to be a problem. But like he's also just like this is still. This is his first calendar year he's ever played NHL hockey. I think people are kind of forgetting that. Like, literally, the start of this season, funny enough, against the Sabres was his first time ever playing an NHL game. And like it's it's impressive to see that he's at least you know become the, basically made the goaltender situation not a problem, but also like become a competent enough player to be our starter if things get seriously bad. When we were, we're thinking, oh, he's like a borderline AHL starter, we're not gonna care for him. But like, it's incredible. Like,
2: yeah, I mean, he's he's a, a playable uh, NHL backup, which is great. I mean, that that's you know. Not everybody can be an all-star, but the fact that he's played himself into viable NHL backup is fantastic for him, and who knows what else. And, you know, the one-on-ones, I mean, Sam Sonoff, the the shootout doesn't bother me a ton. It's not hockey. It's a circus or whatever it is. Uh, But, you know, if a guy, if a goalie can't, Stop breakaways; it becomes a problem pretty quick. And to that end, you look at like Sam Stoneoff, and uh, it, you know I don't know what his record on in-game breakaways is, but it sure seems like every single time if you just open him up a little bit, that five-hole is right there for uh, every shooter that wants it. So, you know, they, I think they both could probably use a little help, and maybe the shootouts help, maybe they don't, but they. They both need to get uh, a little tighter on breakaways. I think.
3: I think the Not, one thing the I, post I, I, won't always be there. The one thing I wish is like I wish Mitch Corn was still on the team. If Mitch Corn sure. was on the team, Samsonov would be a fucking Vesna caliber goaltender right now. He's the way what he's done with Sorokin in uh, Long Island and like how he basically saved Arlamov's career. Uh, and oh no, he saved Leonard's career. Like he turned Leonard into like an us. Uh, uh, Vezina-caliber goaltender is incredible, and I wish that Samsonov got that because, like, like Grubauer got that. Holpe got that. Uh, Neuwirth got that, and dropped the ball on that. Uh, Verlamov got that twice now. This is the second time he's been with Mitch Korn, and it's, like, incredible to see that, like, you know, he's, he turns goalies' careers around. I'm not saying Samsonov needs it, but, like, it'd be, he would be incredible. Like, he'd be Vasilevsky, but, like, shorter, basically. I know we weren't doing it this week
0: for uh, someone around the league who impressed you, but I think we need to mention how Chesterkin in, in New York has like blossomed into possibly winning the Vezina this year. Like if you look at a lot of people's lists, Shesterkin is number one right now and it's pretty hard to argue is he against Russian? It. I mean I don't know. But take care. I'll like I will ch- check. But I'll check, you keep talking. But Shesterkin's been very good. He is he is Russian. So he might go to the Olympics with obviously Vasi's gonna start, but Shester a very good backup to have. I'd love to have him in Washington, but yeah, I just wanted to mention that, but I also, if if anybody doesn't have anything else to say about our goalies, there is one thing that I, I wanted, I yeah,
1: go this. ahead, go ahead, Jake. But. I, didn't, I didn't go yet, so I'll go, yeah, ahead. go. ahead. I'm just glad that we have, you know, two good young goalies that we can both, you know, rely on in any, any situation. One's out, we just throw the other one in. Like, you know, beginning of the season was VTech that we played well through Sammy, and he got two shutouts that we put him in, and then it's just been, I just feel like it's been working, and I'm very glad we've had, you know, two, especially young, goaltenders to to rely on this this season. And I know we relied on Sammy a lot last season too, but still. The
0: thing of, that us, worries me though, like, like for the moment right now, obviously I'm happy we're in, you know, happy yeah, land the, that we do have two guys that we can put in and be, you know, at least somewhat confident in on any given night. But you got to think, like obviously they're both under contract right now, but yeah. They're both raising their price tag right now. They're both raising their awareness to the rest of the league that they're, you know, they're goaltenders that can be put in on any given night in the NHL, possibly being starters, obviously. So, like, I, I get, like, I get worried. We talked about this once, and Joey was like, you know, who cares? Like, we're happy right now. We have them both right now. But it does worry me a little bit that maybe, like, they also this offseason RFAs. or for a year from now, huh? They're both RFAs. They're both
1: RFAs.
3: Yeah. That's so why, I, said like, I don't care. It's like we have control next year, no matter what.
0: But, like, I mean, what's stopping one of them, like whoever the designated backup is, whenever it eventually does happen? So obviously we flip flop every two weeks, but what's stopping either of them, like at the end of this season or next season, saying, you know, I want out, I want to be a solidified starter somewhere? Because there's definitely play, there's definitely teams around the league that would very much be happy to take either of them, you know. I think so. That does worry me a little bit because it's like if I'm like so say say Samsonov becomes the solidified starter now. He's playing four out of five games. Every, you know, every five games. If I'm VTech, I don't want to. I don't want to stay on the Caps in in that situation. Like, I want to go because he's he's obviously proven himself to be capable of being an every nighter in the NHL. So like, if I'm him, I'd be like, you know, either make me a starter or send me somewhere that will. But
2: well, then you know, hopefully then the Caps get something in return. And yeah, you say, exactly. You say see ya. Like I mean, they said see ya They're Grubauer. They. You know, it's the nature of the beast, you know. You you let them go when they become uh, either too expensive. Well, basically, when they become too expensive to keep. And, like, with goalies, that happens real real fast. Like, I have no problem. I I would much rather let Vanacek walk than pay him $4 million a year or something. You know? Uh, You find somebody else to fill that. Maybe Zach Kukali at that point wants to – you know, see if he can make a run at it or something, but you know, paying for goalies is not, because they're just too unpredictable. I mean, the Caps are, are really fortunate to be able to get competent goaltending at an absolute minimum price. I mean, their two goalies uh, probably cost less than the starting goalie for three quarters of the teams in the league. Uh, and are probably better than two-thirds of them. So, you know, that that's a place where you can find value or or really get screwed. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not too keen on spending too much money in gold, that's for sure.
0: No, yeah, I, I definitely agree. If we, like, so say if Sam Sinov is our solidified starter at the end of this year, I would not be against shopping VTech, you know, hopefully getting, like, yeah. You know, somebody good in return. I, I wouldn't be against that as long as we have one of them. But I do want to talk about this. I didn't put this on the script because I forgot about it until now. But I think everyone saw this goal, even if you didn't watch that game. It's the, yeah, Trevor the no, I was going to was bring it Milano. up. Yeah, Zegers. Yeah, like, Zegers makes a little Michigan-style pass, flips it over the net from behind the goal. Sonny Milano baseball bats it out of midair into the goal. Also... Whoever I think the number was seventy five, they were playing the Sabres, right?
1: America's team, oh, yeah.
0: They were playing the Sabres. Number seventy five, whoever it is, who was guarding Sonny Milano, worst defensive like play I've ever seen in my life. He just he gave Milano just an absolute like five yard radius in front of the goal to even have the chance to to do that. And then you know, that was just you know, that was bad defense, but that doesn't take away from the skill of the goal. Insanely beautiful pass, insanely good hand-eye coordination to be able to bat that out of the air and score it. But a head coach that we all know pretty well, John Tortorella, was interviewing somewhere on some some TV He's you know, a show, bitch. whatever. Yeah, I up. Anyways, but he was interviewing and they were talking about that goal, and he said he proceeds to say that it was a very talented goal. It was very, you know, skilled and you know, an incredible goal. He acknowledged that, but then he went on to, to say, he's like, you know, they're saying now all the kids everywhere are practicing this goal and, you know, trying to do this now. And it's, he's like, I don't know if this is good for the game of hockey. You know, I think, I think it's taking away from the actual game of hockey. I don't think this is good for the game. You know, I don't know the exact quote of it, but that was the gist. You know, he's like, I don't know if this is good for the game. And I'm like, yeah, it is you dinosaur. <laughs> like, you know, the game is evolving. You know, people said. Back in the day that backhanders weren't good for the game and now they're obviously an important part of it. Like,
3: it,
0: it's it was not just the, a
1: boneheaded thing to say. Like, yeah, It's not the Kenny Pickett fake slide. Like, it's not going to change rules. That was, that was sick. Oh, that That's was sick. Bullshit. That's bullshit. That's a rule change. That's bullshit. No, it's not. It's, a, it's fine. I'm glad they changed that rule. But anyway, hockey. Um, Anyway. it's not going to change any rules in the game. It's a great, it's not, it's a great play. And like, you have to give it credit. Like it's like the the same thing. Like everyone, like all the,
0: all the old head critics tried to say it like five, six years ago. when Steph Curry came into the picture of the NBA. Like obviously the three pointer has never been as big in the game as it was until like five years ago when Steph Curry came into the picture. Now it's like all the kids on the, the playground playing pickup basketball. All they want to do is shoot threes. And now it's like, one of the biggest parts of the sport of basketball. And like when that first started like becoming a big thing, everyone's like, Oh, Steph Curry's ruining the game of basketball. no one cares about the fundamentals anymore. All they care about is shooting threes. It's like, you know, have whatever opinion you want, but I yep. mean, that's how sports work. They're going to evolve and people are going to become good at different things. However, many years ago, Wayne Gretzky was playing against standup goalies. It was easy as hell to score goalie started getting into a butterfly stance and now it's a lot harder to score like the sport evolves as players evolve and become more talented I mean I don't know how you can see that goal and like have a reaction of anything other than wow that was insane that was really freaking sick like I don't know how you have any reaction other than that
1: like not um, in a positive way there's not a player in the Sabres who wears 75 I think it was Tage Thompson who wore 72 it might be it may have been i can I can watch the
0: replay, but whoever whoever yeah. like if you look at it, whoever was right behind Sonny Milano on the crease just like did absolutely nothing he just stood I, there yeah like I five got seconds
1: I got the credible source aka my Sabres fan friend, so mm. he said, but, the, he said I just
0: wanted to, I just wanted to mention that it was a, it was a dumb comment from Portarella. I just like I think it was just like a dumb thing to say but I just dis- I disliked that's him. that's my I
1: take. disliked him so
3: Portello sucks.
1: <laughs>
0: stop stop living in the past. You know, like how are you gonna have any reaction other than wow that was an insanely skilled play? Look at this right. very talented young rookie making a picture in the league and doing things well.
1: Like And yeah. it immediately had an impact on people. Like, I'll
3: I'll be honest, like, I think it's a little overplay, but, like, it's good for the league to see young players do stuff like this, get creative, like, try to do new fun things. And the fact that ESPN was talking about it is, like, really good for them, you know? It sucks that they just don't want to put nationally broadcasted rivalries on national broadcasts. And they want to make us pay like 40 bucks to watch it. I as had a f- banger tweet about that. A like freaking capitals likes. and Penguins yeah, game. Did. One of the best rivalries of the 21st century. But I mean, the NHL, at least
0: the NHL is all like hockey's for everyone. We want to grow the game. And then they put arguably the biggest rivalry in the entire sport on a separate broadcasting site that you have to pay extra money to watch. It's like that. That's the game that people are going to want to watch. That's the game that if people who don't watch hockey watch, they're going to be like, damn, this sport is sick. I'm going to watch it more. I'm going to watch hockey. But if they don't get the opportunity for it, how are you going to grow the game? Like, it, it just doesn't make sense. Like, obviously, they're trying to make more money, but... It's money. Make money. more money. It's... Make more money by making a it's big BSB game like under, that. free ESPN
3: Then, yeah, like... Do you want the... Oh, the MLB kind of sucks. They're in a lockout. I was going to say MLB, but, but I'm... <laughs> yeah, so... I, just, I think it was a cool goal. It was really cool, you know? I think it's interesting. Yeah. I wish we had Trevor Zegers. That'd be nice. Oh. I wish we had a lot of different players. Trevor and like Trevor, Zegers, like Trevor Ziegris,
0: like Trevor Ziegris, Trevor Ziegris, like this, you know, this year, obviously, like the two front runners for the Calder, like the majority of this year, have been Lucas Raymond and you know Cider. And then all of a sudden, Ziegris, like, because I mean, a lot of people's picks for the Calder, like the beginning of this year and like the end of last year, it was Cole Caulfield and Trevor Ziegris. Obviously, Cole Caulfield's not happening now, but at least for right now, he's not winning the Calder, but. I mean, obviously cider and Raymond are arguably the two top front runners right now, but Zegras shot up into that picture into the top three of that race, like out of nowhere. So, I mean, you know, just Tortorella, just, you know, stop being old, but yeah, but, yeah. uh, so Alex Ovechkin, we I already said this earlier, but cause you know, that was JP's pick for, uh, for who's impressed him, but, uh, he didn't have any goals this past week in the three games. I'm a little upset about it, but, uh, you know, like, like JP said, you know, the greatest goal scorer of all time has all of a sudden decided that he's gonna become Nicholas Backstrom and, you know, drop two assists every single game. But, you know, I'm not complaining about that. Obviously I'm, like, I love that. You know, it gives another thing that the haters have to say about him, a silence to it. You know, it's like Ovechkin relies on the power play. Then he ends up leading the league in five V five points for the whole beginning of this season. All he does is shoot. He's a puck hog. He doesn't pass. Now he's leading our team in assists. He has more assists than he does goals. You know, so it's like, keep the critique coming. You know, he's just going to prove you wrong every single time. So, he's almost I definitely like boy, seeing so- that. But I don't want assists right now, Ovechkin. If you're listening to this, I want you to shoot. I want you to score goals. Six shots a night, nice, a night isn't enough. I want 20. I need goals. I don't want assists. But. Again, you know, obviously from the hockey standpoint, it's great that he's doing another thing that silences the haters. But I want some goals. But
3: he's hands so, down the heart winner right now, I think, in my opinion. There's no other person that like is. I don't know if is, it's hands down, it's hands but down. I think he's definitely in the it's mix for down. it. I, I like McDavid and Drysaddle. Points are cool, but we've seen years past. You can score all you want, but like if your team's like. Like they they haven't had to deal with anything near what Ovechkin's had to deal with. Like the fact that his his one of his best centers is gone. Most of his wing core has been injured at some point. look every single one of the Capitals wingers, except I think Sprong and Ovechkin have been injured at some point this year. Um, like you know that they've been trouting in Hershey players every other week to play reliable minutes. Is, so like, Ovi
0: is only only one point off of the of twenty nine and ninety seven. Leon Leon and Connor both have tw- have forty five right now, and Ovi has forty four. So. I then just, I think in you fourth have to... place is still Nazim Kadri with thirty-four points. I I don't know how, Nazim, but it's
3: incredible.
0: Nazim, Nazim Kadri has thirty-four, but He's that top three is pretty solid right now. I mean, I don't think anyone else is gonna crack into that top three. But you got like because like that's what makes you think like if if the year ends tomorrow and it's like okay, Leon and Connor both have forty-five. They have more points than Ovi, but it's only one point more. You got to think, Ovi's not playing with any of those two top guys they're playing with each other I'm one of the biggest Leon Dreisaitl fans you'll meet but he has like one goal in 5v5 in the last like 10 games Ovi's doing it on both ends you know so you got to think it's like do the award winners take that into consideration when they're giving the award it's like okay say the say the two guys from Edmonton finish with a few more points but it's like Ovi's oh, not good. playing with those two, and he's thirty six <laughs> years old. So I mean,
3: if Kuznetsov keeps playing really well, they might use that as the argument and be like, "Oh, Kuznetsov was playing really well." Kuznetsov yeah. was, well. but I'm like, I don't give a shit, man. It's Kuznetsov. I'd rather have McDavid than Kuznetsov. I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> I'm sorry. He has, has
0: thirty points, but I mean, He's yeah, playing no, really it's, well it's, de- it's definitely something to think about. Because it's like, I like, I think if if they finish the season with the same amount of points, say say Ovi and McDavid both finish with. 120 points i think you give it to Ovi just because he's 36 years old and because he's not playing with the other best player in the world so and he's it's up, definitely to, to shatter about.
3: 100 points for the first time like he's gonna he's he's almost at 50 and it's not even 30 games in Ovi's had 100 points he's about to shatter 100 points for the first time in a long time he oh, hasn't had 100 yeah, points since yeah. i think pre the 2011 2012 lockout he hasn't had it since then which is incredible because, like Ovechkin getting to that caliber at this age is shit we haven't seen since Gretzky. Which, surprise, surprise, look who's trying to catch in the goals record.
0: JP, do you who do you who do you think wins the heart if you had to pick right now?
2: I mean, if I'm voting, it's Obi. Um, yeah, I. I mean, the, the caps are in first place in the divisions uh, and they're doing, he's carrying the team with the injuries that they've had. Um, you know, and I think, I think it's possible if things keep going this way that, uh, because there've got to be some people out there who think that who would vote dry side McDavid and some that would vote McDavid over dry saddle. Maybe they split off some votes from each other. And, uh, you know, OV finishes uh, ahead of both or something, but uh, it's a long way to go. Uh, I'm I'm not counting any chickens quite yet. Um, you, you know, but uh, certainly the way things are going so far, uh, I I don't know how how OV isn't like the guy. And you know, they they people use. You know, you can't have it both ways, right? You can't have, well, he plays on a great team that's, uh, with a great coach and every, and, you know, they play uh, great hockey. Uh, you can't say that and also take away from what the Caps are doing as a team, uh, the way that people sort of are ready to discount uh, what they are doing, what they've done. So, you know, to me, it, it my vote would be for Obi. I, I think we're seeing... Uh, just a historic per- performance of, from a guy at this age and uh, given what's around him right now and what the team's gone through, I, I would be really hard-pressed to find a guy who fits the definition of that Most Valuable Player award better than, than Alex Ovechkin has so far.
0: Yeah, I agree. And you, you also made a good point. Like, the Oilers are third right now in the Pacific And, you know, we're first in the hardest division in hockey, so you also have to think about that in the definition of most valuable player. Like, if you have the Oilers and take away McDavid or Dreisaitl, they're still going to have the other one. Obviously, they're not going to be as good of a team, but they're still going to have one of the top two players in the NHL. But you take Ovi away from the Capitals, you know, we're not going to be doing as well as we are right now. So that is... Yeah, totally.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm really not excited to play Mike McDavid and saddle I forgot we haven't yet, and I'm still not excited to. I'm like, I'm with, excited. With that's the shit fun that, fun that fun they're doing this year, bro? I'm game. not it's excited. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I'm I'm, I'm not excited play, for yeah. what they could do to Just us.
1: hopefully not let them get on the power play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't <laughs> let Koozie we'll, on the ice. <laughs> don't let Kuzey on the ice. Um, <laughs> don't let Cousy on the ice. He might try to I will say. So I'm looking at DraftKings. They have Alex Ovechkin as the third bet third. Uh, Best to win, like odds wise. And McDavid is first, and then it's Drysaitel, and then behind him is Austin Matthews, which is funny. Yeah, it's stupid. It's it's, but it's Alex Ovechkin is beating him odds wise by like double than what you would win. Like yeah, like if you bet, yeah, you know what I mean. If yeah, anyone bets on here, but he's at, you know, he's the third bet. I think he should be the first, but you know what? Screw DraftKings. He's winning. If I if I put money on Ovechkin, I win more money.
3: It's because they, right. they think the points – like, I'll be fair. In some cases, like when Drysaddle won it two years ago during the lockout season, that was because McDavid was injured a lot during that season, and he was getting points by himself a lot, and that was impressive. That's when he established himself as, like, a top player. And, like, obviously, McDavid, you're not going to not – like, McDavid scored 100 points last year in a COVID lockout season. That's impressive as hell. Um, You're going to give it to him. But, like, we're in a season where it's, like, a full season now. Like, we got to kind of take away the fact that, like, points – are just sort of kind of they could sometimes be empty like phil kessel was a point per game player on the penguins but you don't see me saying oh phil kessel's a top 20 player in the league when he was on this peak with the penguins like it's points are empty if you don't do anything else with them but like you have guys like ovechkin who are scoring points and they're like also just jettisoning people with his body like it's 2003 you have you know mcdavid who's absolutely like scorching every defense alive like it's a contest and then Drysdale, who can score and do pretty much everything McDavid can do, just like maybe not as good, but like basically like a millimeter step below it. So like they they at least establish themselves as something more than just like their point guys. Like they're 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 more than just that, which is important in an MVP race. Like. I think back to – I don't know if any – you two might know this, but the 2018 MVP race. I think JP might. Taylor was, Hall won it. it. It was Hall versus McKinnon, and the reason they were both in consideration – I mean, McDavid was like scoring a crap ton of points, but McDavid wasn't even in consideration, I'm pretty sure. But the reason they weren't considered was because of what McKinnon had done with the Avalanche, taking them from last place in the NHL the year before to first place to, to back in the playoffs. And then Hall, who was literally carrying a bunch of, like, teenagers on the Devils to the playoffs against the, the Lightning, which was the reason he won, which was more impressive. Like you Shout know, out
0: Buffalo Sabres legend Taylor Hall.
3: Yeah, that was the, the one goal he scored for them. Um, I just think
0: Ovi hasn't won a heart since 2013. That was like, you me. know how much— do you know how much that would, like, solidify him as, like, not even just the greatest goal scorer of all time, but, like, one of the greatest players oh, of all time? easily. Like, the fact, like, he'd be the oldest
3: heart winner of all time, I'm pretty did, sure. Cre- did uh, Gretzky ever win it when he was in L.A.? Because that's when that, – because uh, they were mentioning he's, like, one of the last guys to score this many points in, like, a 36 year older season. Because if he won it in L.A., hmm. that he'd probably be – it has to be him. Because it's nobody else.
2: Well – well, I mean, to your point, though, um, what you were saying, uh, I think that that is, like, a difference that that voters take into consideration or should take into consideration that the difference between best player and most valuable player, right? Because, um, you know, I, I don't think I'm saying anything too controversial when I say that Connor McDade and Leon Dreisettle are – in 2021, better hockey players than Alex Ovechkin all around. and yeah. But are they more valuable to the Edmonton Oilers than Alex Ovechkin is to the Washington Capitals? I think that's a much harder uh, case to make. And I I don't – frankly, I don't see how you make it. But, you know, uh, so if we are talking value, you know, the, the value added by a player versus just being the best player, um, then, then I think it would be uh, Alex. If people are voting on who the best player is, you know, fill your boots with those two guys because it doesn't get much better. You know,
3: Absolutely. I just think, I, agree. I hope this year that they really take into consideration that, like, you know, um, they're not locking up like two of the best offensive players in a division where no team has a defense, and it's like it's, it's an even playing ground. It's, like, fair. Like, they got to give Ovechkin some consideration. And obviously – we're twenty-eight games in, and like we've seen this stuff before. Where like a guy early on is like MVP. MVP so like, I, I found this. So he,
0: if he wins the heart this year, he would be the oldest player to win it. Right now, the oldest are Eddie Shore and Herb Gardner. They were both thirty-five. So who he did would be Shore the oldest? I don't know. That's a player I've known. Uh, like he played for the Bruins. <laughs> no, that's gotta Bruins. be like. By the
1: way, jo- Joey Gretzky did win on the
3: Kings. By the way, he did. Oh, thank you, thank you. King. And no. Herb
0: Gardner played for the Canadians. He was a defender. And Eddie going? Shore was also a defender.
3: What year did they win? Oh, if they were a defender, that had to be like, oh my I god. I don't know. It, it was...
0: Eddie Shore only had 284 points in his career. And then...
3: Yeah, Herb that's Gardner. The, that's Herb some,
0: Gardner had 20 points in his career. So this can't be right. It doesn't make sense. That has to
3: be some, like, forty hockey. That's some 40
0: hockey. He was like, in the 20s. He was in the 20s. So... <laughs> He won a heart trophy and was inducted to the hall of fame in 1958. He played three seasons in the NHL for the Canadians and the Blackhawks, I think. And he had 10 goals and 10 assists in a hundred games. So I don't know how this makes any sense. One but goal every 10 Statties games. He's telling me he won the So I don't That's... know. Maybe he was just the best uh, defender ever yeah. that I've never heard of, but let's finish off with some predictions for the upcoming week. So we don't play until Wednesday. On Wednesday, we play in Chicago against the Blackhawks. On Friday, we play in Winnipeg against the Jets. And we play on Sunday versus the Kings at home. So, uh, JP, I guess let's hear your predictions for, for the week ahead. So, in Chicago, in Winnipeg, and at home against the Kings.
2: Uh, That's a a tough little uh, quick road trip to Chicago and Winnipeg. You know, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury has been playing well, I think, in Chicago, and they've been playing a little bit better. Um, Winnipeg's, I I think Winnipeg's tough. Uh, I always look at them and think they should be better than they are. They've got a good goalie. They've got some nice uh, forwards. I think they'll be challenged uh, to win those games. Um, LA probably should be a little bit easier back home. Um, so I, I have the caps. How about that? I have them going one, one, and one. Uh, with an overtime loss in Chicago, a regulation loss in Winnipeg, and a win, uh, at home against Los Angeles.
3: That's a, I forgot, like, we haven't been to Winnipeg in forever. Um, pandemic is crazy uh i see us beating chicago i think um by then we should have wilson back because there hasn't been any news about him being like out long term and i think that you they probably just sat him for precaution against the Sabers. so i think we'll win against them um also something to keep in mind i know we talked about backstrom um they did say that they want to get backstrom like one game in before the holiday break they want to and there's a good chance they might do it next sunday because it's like it's like probably the best chance to get him in um so we're going to be seeing a lot of our depth come back plus guys like dowd and hathaway are going to be coming off covid list so we could definitely see a lot of them coming back so i see them beating chicago i see them going in overtime and then probably losing against the jets because the jets are just are something else right now um and then who was last team the kings they're coming to uh dc Yep. Uh I see them beating the Kings. I I really thought the Kings were going to be a lot better this year and they're just they're kind of meh. So I see them going 2-0 and 1. Jake.
1: Yeah, I think we I think we beat the Blackhawks cuz I feel like we'll just be like angry from losing to them last game. Um we'll lose the Jets Brendan Dillon revenge game. And then <laughs> And then I They're think, right. like like Joey said, the Kings. I think we'll beat the Kings. I think Quick hasn't been playing awful though, so you know. That Quick's been decent. You never know. He's been decent, but uh, I think we'll still still beat them. But you know, never bet against the Kings. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So. So uh,
0: I agree with you. I think we're gonna come back with a vengeance against Chicago. Uh, I think we're gonna beat Chicago. I think it's gonna be in regulation. Um. Who do we play then? We play the Jets. Jets, I feel like it's gonna go to overtime. I think it could go either way. I mean, if you look at the last few games for the Jets, they lost to Vancouver in a shootout on Friday. They beat Seattle on Thursday and lost to Carolina on Tuesday. So they're they're coming to us, having having lost two of their last three, and they play Buffalo on on Tuesday. But I think the Jets is gonna be a close game, like JP said. They have one of the better goalies in the league. Obviously it's not been up to his standards this year, but I mean he's still hella buck, so you still have to be cautious with that. But I'm gonna say we beat the Jets. Um I'm gonna be optimistic. Uh I say we beat the Jets and then Kings. Kings are gonna be the we can't we can't go three and We never go three and oh, so we're we're gonna lose to either the Jets or the the Kings. I don't know which one it's gonna be. I think Jets is gonna be close, but if this is how it is, if we beat the Jets, we lose to the Kings. If we lose to the Jets, we beat the Kings. So that's that's my take. So we'll we'll see. But um, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about, or JP? Are there any questions that you had for us that we could answer? You know, the floor is open. I'm good. All righty, Jake Joey, is there anything else you guys wanted to mention?
1: Uh, no, nothing right now. I Can't right. think of anything. So I'm being a degenerate, right? Before
0: I give my my motivational inspirational quote of the day, uh, we'll get this. You know, uh, if you're listening right now, we love you. Thank you for listening. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. And uh, again, JP, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure having you here. So thank you again.
2: Thank you. So, so uh,
0: yeah, thank you. We can't say that enough. So, uh, motivational quote for the day, you know, me and that's why Will's not here. He's been busy with finals stuff. And, uh, the next five or six days are going to be a living hell for me. And probably Jake also, you know, I've got like six exams and like, A numerous amount of essays to write this week so god help me but motivational quote for this week is uh don't stop when you're tired stop when you're done you know keep powering through don't give up whether it be something tiny or it could be your biggest dream in the world everyone's tired i don't want to hear your excuses i want you to work harder keep up the good work and uh Get on your shit and get it done. So yeah. that's it. Damn. Thanks for listening this week. Just, it's like Thanks something. for listening this week. Some tough Eric love. Eric just called get- all your asses out. <laughs> have a good week, Thanks everybody. Thanks again for it's listening, everybody. Fun. And uh, have a good night. Go and Capitals.
1: I hate Pittsburgh. Good night.